Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. This weekend, of course, we enjoyed some divisional round matchups. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, giving you my reactions to this weekend's divisional game. So go ahead, take out your coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome in, everyone. Glad to see you guys in the chat on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Robster, Anthony, good morning to you and everyone. If we could just give a nice warm welcome to my friend, Robster, great real life friend, one of my best friends. Reason I even have this job got me hooked on Player Profiler years back. So big shout out to Robster for joining us this morning glad to see him here and anthony i have to agree with you a bills line super bowl would have been so much fun but we'll get my takes on the bills later as that was very very disappointing but first like we did last week we're just going to go in the order that the games happen so first of course we have the texans versus ravens and the first half was some damn good football from both sides going into halftime 10 to 10 thinking oh man these Texans really could pull off an upset they get the special teams touchdown Nico Collins is torching the secondary and then nothing else happens for the Texans side of the ball and Lamar Jackson basically just goes superhuman Lamar Jackson in this game 100 rush yards two rushing touchdowns on top of his two passing touchdowns carried these Ravens as no receiver had more than 41 yards, Zay Flowers, and no running back had more than 66. I mean, Lamar Jackson was the offense in this game and went off. And I've got to say, the guy seems unstoppable right now. This might really be the Ravens Super Bowl year. I know last week I said that this is kind of the one I have as the upset watch. I thought all the other teams just the favorites were too close to or too good to lose these games. And I mean, I felt the same about the Ravens, but just the Texans being really hot, the defense looking really good against the Browns and CJ Stroud doing really well against the tough Browns defense. I thought, you know, they could at least keep this game close, but man, that was not true. CJ Stroud in this game, not bad, right? Given the circumstances, 175 yards, no turnovers. Nico Collins gets 66 yards off of five receptions. But it, it just wasn't enough. No offensive touchdowns. The running game was was non-existent. Devin Singletary at 22 yards. I mean, freaking Damian Pierce doesn't even get a touch. No idea what happened to that guy. But either way, Ravens dominate this game, and they're probably heading out to the Super Bowl in just a couple weeks because, uh, I mean, they're playing some insane football. Really good stuff to watch from Lamar Jackson. Unstoppable right now. And I've also got to say, I think the NFL watches 
this way could take and just takes whatever hot take, whatever bold prediction I give and make sure it doesn't happen. I feel like this season in particular, I have a nice 0% hot take rating. I was like, oh, the Texans could pull off an upset. Jamison Williams will score a touchdown this weekend. Uh, whatever. No more hot takes here on the show. We're just going to talk about the facts. The next big game that happened this weekend was the 49ers Packers. And this game, you know, the Packers are hot right now. And they were. They end up losing this game, unfortunately, d- despite the 49ers trying really hard to give this game to the Packers. Uh, they do end up winning it, it, it at the end of the game. Uh, and the Packers, unfortunately, lose the game. I don't even want to say they win. They that the 49ers won it. The Packers lost this game. And I just really want to give a nice little clap. Just a nice little clap. I'll, I'll actually, he deserves the sound effect. Jordan Love deserves the sound effect. I know ultimately he makes some some bad decisions that kind of cost the game at the end, especially the 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 game ceiling interception. You don't make that throw, but I also get it given the desperate move you're in. Uh, but still, 200 yards, two touchdowns against this 49ers defense, nothing to scoff at, and to only lose by three points against this 49ers defense in San Francisco, nothing to scoff at. The guy came to life the second half of the season, and Jordan Love is making the case to be a top 10 quarterback in Dynasty. And some rumors have come out now after this game, even though they lost, that the Packers are going to be working on a contract with Jordan Love to make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Not sure if I agree with that. I think it's a bit hasty given it's only really been one season, but given also how long he's been on the organization, I can understand wanting to give him a big contract. We'll have to see what happens when that comes out. If it's actually one of the highest paid, I think that would be a step too far. But Jordan Love has certainly earned this contract. I mean, winning a playoff game against the Cowboys, keeping it close against the San Francisco 49ers where they were nine and a half point favorites. I mean, that is, again, nothing to scoff at. Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Bo Melton, Luke Musgrave, Christian Watson. I mean, all of these people got involved. You could keep going. Emmanuel Wilson, Tucker Craft, Aaron Jones, Ben Sims, Dontavian Wicks. All of those guys had at least targets. I mean, he's spreading the ball around and he's commanding this offense at a very high level. So I just really want to give my flowers to Jordan Love for his second half of the season for his playoff performances. And I've got to say, he's probably a top 10 dynasty QB now. I think we have him right around 12. I think we I think we should sneak him up to number 10, really. I mean, the, the, the Packers are the youngest team in the NFL. They're only going to get more experienced. You're only going to have Christian Watson hopefully healthy next season. You're only going to have Jaden Reed going into his second year. Romeo Dobbs going into his third. You're going to have Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave next year in, in full health. I mean, this Packers offense is going to be really good next season, and Jordan Love's going to be commanding it just as he did in the second half of the season. So that's a guy I'm trying to buy at Dynasty. I really, I mean, like, it's just what the Packers do, right? I mean, he really is just the next Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he, he he's a franchise quarterback, guys. He's really, really good. Really, really good. And someone else, since we've got no more time to talk about the Packers rest of this postseason, since they lost, I also did want to commend Aaron Jones. Back-to-back 100-yard games in the playoffs. Fantastic performances from him. Absolutely came to life in this playoff run, and I just want to recommend, or I just want to, you know, shout that out because it was a rough, rough season from Aaron Jones. A lot of people saying he was washed, uh, not the best fantasy season. I mean, sometimes he had a good game, but it, it was, I mean, like not healthy half the year. But that for for him to come out in the playoffs and play like vintage Aaron Jones, it was nice to see. I mean, the breakaway runs, the broken tackles, it was really really good. So really just shout out to this Packers offense and their playoff run in general. That was a really good story. Sad that it has to come to an end, but 
you know, it is the 49ers. The 49ers have to win this game. And that is what they did. Yes, they basically did everything they could to keep it close and make sure that the Packers, you know, had a chance in this game. But ultimately, the 49ers do go win this game. Christian McCaffrey, two touchdowns. Brock Purdy getting that George Kittle touchdown. No Debo Samuel. And yet, Jawan Jennings comes out with 61 yards. And Brandon Ayuk did nothing. And yet, still, they win. The 49ers, you know, they were given this opportunity. They're allowed to come out slow, given the bye week. And the fact that they still scraped by and won uh, is good. It is good. I know, ultimately, you want to see a better performance from the number one seed. But sometimes, they just come out slow. They're coming off a bye week. They rested some starters in week 18. They had to get back into, into rhythm. And uh, I'm sure that the Lions are still very terrified to have to play the 49ers next week, even with them, you know, almost losing to the Packers. Got to be a close one, though. Got to be a good one. Uh, and the 49ers definitely have to kind of work out, you know, their problems. I mean, they can't play like this against the Detroit Lions. I'll, I'll tell you that much. And they better be hoping that Debo Samuel is healthy because he's going to be needed next week. Now, the next game uh, is Lions-Buccaneers. And honestly, guys, I missed uh, uh, the uh, first half of this game. So I don't have like a ton to talk about here. I was only able to catch the second half of it. Uh, but, you know, looking at the box score and understanding how the game ends, I could talk about it a decent bit. First off, Jameer Gibbs is a stud. Uh, he's going to be a first round draft pick in, in 2024 redraft drafts. Uh, and, and in Dynasty startups, he's going to be first round as well. First, second round. I mean, the guy is so good. 100 all-purpose yards in this one with 40 of them being receiving. Scores that touchdown. Looks so good. And, of course, he's attached to this Lions offense that is playing at an unbelievably high level. You've got Jared Goff throwing two touchdowns. You've got Amon Ra catching it. You've got Sam Laporta getting worked in. I mean, it is just special. And eventually, Jamison Williams. Eventually, eventually, J-Mo will happen. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up on JMO. I just won't. Eventually, it will happen. Not in this game, unfortunately, but we still have one more week to make sure it happens in the playoffs. Hopefully, you know, there are maybe two if they make it to the Super Bowl. But either way, Lions just so good, and Jameer Gibbs is a total stud. What I really wanted to talk about in this game was first, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, in this game, they're downing. Right, Lions at field goal range, totally get it. They're kneeing out the clock to, to run it out. But the issue here is when the Lions took their final knee on fourth down or third down or whatever, going out to take it, the Buccaneers had a timeout. There was 34 seconds left in the game. The Buccaneers had a timeout, could have called it, and had a chance. Yes, the Lions could have gone out and kicked a field goal and made it very, very difficult. And that's what Todd Bull said in his post-game interview. He said, well, they already brought out their field goal unit. I didn't want to have to make our team come back out for that. It's the playoffs, dude. The, you know, the fucking playoffs. And you just don't call a timeout. You just let the game end. You go out. You call a timeout. There's 34 seconds left. You get your best field goal blockers out there. In fact, from what I read, there were multiple chances in the first half where they almost blocked field goals, almost blocked extra points, had really good specialty performances. And then you just let the game end in the playoffs. You just give up. You're just like, nah, I don't want to do it. I don't want to try to block a field goal, which happens. Or they could have missed the field goal and you'd have good field position. Like, I have no idea what was going through Todd Bowles' head. Why? Why in the world would you just let the game end? I don't care if there's five seconds left. Call a Hail Mary. What are you doing? Malpractice, at the very least, and a fireable offense. 
I don't care that he just helped the Buccaneers get to the playoffs without Tom Brady and had a really impressive season and a playoff win. You don't do that. You just don't do that. It's a one-score game, and you have a timeout left with 34 seconds. That's plenty of time. You had Mike Evans in this game, 147 yards and a touchdown. Rashad White, almost 100 total yards and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield had 350 yards and three touchdowns, and you just ended the game? You're just like, nah, I'm done with it. I don't want to, you know, risk an injury or have to make my guys go back out there just to lose. What is that about? If I were a Buccaneers player, if I were on that squad, I would be so livid. I would be, you know, typing emails, going to the front office, tweeting at Todd Bowles. Like, it is just, I, I could not fathom how mad I would be. And how no defensive captain called a timeout? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't, it's not obviously all Todd Bowles. It's all Todd, I mean, it's 99% him. But, you know, we could have had Levante David call a timeout or something. I have no idea how that game ended. I'm sure the Lions were so confused. I, it's just ridiculous that this happened. And I'm sorry for Buccaneers fans that it had to end that way. Yes, of course, low chance that you would end up winning the game. But there's still a chance. And again, it's the fucking playoffs. The fucking playoffs. And you just let the game in. I, I'm just, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I think I deserve to be an NFL head coach now because I, I, I wouldn't make that mistake. I, I, I have no idea what was running through his head there at all. Just, just absolutely ridiculous. But that—that's my rant on that. I, I, I hated that the game ended that way. You've got to try to block that field goal. You've got to try a hail mary, onside kicks. I don't care what it takes. You've got to try in the playoffs. What are you doing, Todd Bowles? Jesus Christ. Anyway. While on the subject of the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield has earned himself a long-term contract with this team, or at least, you know, a contract. Uh, they have the franchise tag, of course. They could use it on Mike Evans. They could use it on Baker Mayfield. Someone. Either way, they're going to have this offense back next season, basically how it is. I don't expect much change in the Buccaneers next year. And they're, I mean, they're a good football team. They are a really good football team. And again, that's why it sucks that the game had to end that way. They really could have. They could have. I mean, the the, the the Lions' pass defense isn't even good. It's it, it just ridiculous that, that it ended that way. But whatever. The next game that also ended in a very disappointing way was that Chiefs-Bills uh, game. And unfortunately for the Bills, you can see by the thumbnail, you can see by the title, they're just so unlucky. They're they're unfortunate. They, it's just it, it, I, I just feel so bad. I just like I don't even like I come off this heated rant and I don't even I just I just feel bad about the Buffalo Bills losing this game off of a wide right field goal. And they had ample opportunity uh, to win this game. They really, really did. I mean, you had the Mikkel Hardman screw up. You're only down by three. You had the fake punt was weird. You had a Stephon Diggs drop. It was just, they had so many chances. And Josh Allen was playing like a superhero. I talked about Lamar Jackson being unstoppable. Josh Allen was unstoppable. Three total touchdowns from him, two of them on the ground, leading rusher, 72 rush yards, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, come on, come on. Almost 200 passing yards and a touchdown as well. and would have been 250 and another touchdown if Stephon Diggs didn't have butterfingers. I mean, my God, the Bills were playing so well, and they had no one on defense either. I mean, that's like a great game by them, and it just sucks that ultimately, 
I'm not even going to call it a missed field goal by Tyler Bass. I'm calling it an active dog because I'm, I'm going to play this clip, actually. I'm, I made sure to save it here. I, I've got to play this. I, and I'm sorry, Bills fans. I'm sorry, Bills fans, that you have to watch this again. But I'm totally going to show uh, I, I, you know, I just, I just have to, I just have to do it. So hold on, let me share my screen. Cause I just think this is one of the most comedic missed field goals out there. Uh, maybe poor phrasing, but it's a, it's up there. It's up there. Look at this. Like it's literally on target. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it just takes the, the strongest move to the right I've ever seen. It must've been like 50 mile per hour winds or something down there. Because I have not seen a football move that off course off of a field goal in a very long time. I legitimately think that was an act of God. I don't know. I, I, like, I feel so bad for Tyler Bass. Because if that was any other circumstance, I would even wager in this game. Like, if that was uh, uh, Harrison Bucker trying to kick that game-winning field goal from the exact, or game-tying field goal from the exact same spot, exact same conditions, exact same placement, I bet it would have gone in. I legitimately think since it was the Buffalo Bills kicking that field goal, that's why they missed it. Because that trajectory of the ball was literally cartoonish. It was like, it's on track, it's on track, it's on track, it's on track. And then all of a sudden, just like nothing, just gone, off, wide right, missed. Sorry, Tyler. Sorry, Bills. It's over. You can't beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. But it's like, come on. Like, can we not let the Bills have a little bit of fun? I'm not even the biggest Bills fan. You guys know I'm a childhood Patriots fan. But it's like, we have the Lions making this unprecedented playoff run. Why can't we let the Buffalo Bills do it? Why can't we just have some fun here? Why do we have to let the Chiefs go back to the AFC Championship? But no, an act of God is what I'm just going to call it. Because that was, again, a cartoonish trajectory of that kick. Uh, and unfortunately for Tyler Bass, it doesn't go in. And I, I really just, Tyler, if you're watching this, you really can't blame yourself. I know you missed the kick. But again, that wind was ridiculous. And you're just a Buffalo Bills kicker. You're not allowed to make field goals. You're just not allowed to make field goals. That's just how it is. They've had this happen to them years and years and years. It always happens to the Bills. They miss these important field goals. Go back to their three their three Super Bowls that they lost in a row. I mean, it's just what happens to them, unfortunately. And that's why I'm calling it an act of God and not a missed field goal. It literally looked like someone just like threw wind at it or grabbed it. I, it was so weird. But I wanted to talk so much about that because I mentioned it a little bit. Stefan Diggs had a huge drop. And this field goal wouldn't have even happened or been a story if Stefan Diggs could just catch footballs. Look at this play. First off, one of the best throws I've ever seen. One of the best throws I've ever seen. But look at this play from Josh Allen. Look at this. From the 20. Just like literally from the 10, gets it all the way to like the 15, like 100 yards in the air, right? 90 yards in the air. And it, I'm going to go right back, right back. Hold on. Literally, oh God, sorry. It's always tough. Here we go. Right in his hands. You can see it. Just go in his hands. The corner is falling. Or the safety, I, I can't, I can't, the name isn't showing, but whoever was covering him there is falling over, hits him in the hands, and just goes through him. If Stefan Diggs just catches that pass, they win the game. They don't have to do a field goal. There was eight minutes left. It was 27 to 24. Would have probably been 31 to 27. 
And, uh, you know, the Chiefs would have had to go score a touchdown. You know, maybe they would have. But either way, Stephon Diggs has to catch that ball. And I've got to say, while we're here, what is going on with Stephon Diggs? I had to double check this. I did not believe it. But I saw someone on Reddit say that this was his 13th straight game under 100 receiving yards. I was like, no way. No way that's true. I know he's been quiet, but hasn't had 100 yards in 13 weeks. It's true. Go to playerprofiler.com and look at his game logs. The dude has not had 100 yards since week six against the New York Giants, where he had exactly 100 yards. And it's not like he's not being targeted. I mean, the dude's averaging like eight to 11 targets a game and just isn't producing. I don't know if he's lost a step. I don't know if he just doesn't want to play for the Bills. I don't know what's going on, but Stephon Diggs this season, especially since week six, has not been Stephon Diggs. There's a lot of talk going on about, oh, the Bills don't have a wide receiver two. What do they do? How do they help Josh Allen? They don't have a wide receiver one. They don't have a wide receiver one right now. The Bills are in a terrible position. They're probably going to have to get rid of Stephon Diggs. They are $45 million, roughly, give or take, over the cap right now for 2024. They're going to have to do a ton of restructuring. They're going to have to let some players go. And on top of that, they need more players. <laughs> they need some playmakers outside of Josh Allen. Because James Cook, since week 15, hasn't had a touchdown or 100 yards. And what's so strange about that, from weeks 10 to 15, he had 100-plus yards. He had a 200-yard, two-touchdown game in week 15 and then hasn't done anything since. I mean, this Bills offense is in desperate need of playmakers, and they don't have the money for it. This was their last chance to try to make this Super Bowl with Josh Allen, and they missed it. They just screwed it. I just It sucks. It sucks for the Buffalo Bills. It really, really does. My heart goes out to the fans and those players. It is just so unfortunate what happened to them in this game and really just this season. Just it, It's so rough to, to, to have to talk about, to, to watch. So hard. Really thought that they could finally do it. And, you know, we all knew that they would lose to the Ravens, so it's not like they missed the Super Bowl. But still, they should have beat the Chiefs. This was the year to get the monkey off the back. And now they have to wonder, will we ever do it? The answer is probably not. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I'm never going to say he's the GOAT. Because as you guys know, I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan in the entire world. But Patrick Mahomes is kind of the GOAT. I mean, all year, right? All year, we talked about how terrible this wide receiver core was. How bad this Chiefs offense was. What does Patrick Mahomes do? Oh, 200 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Oh, make it to the AFC Championship. Oh, get some scrambles. Oh, make some superhero plays. Oh, just be an insanely good quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is so good at football. You cannot count this guy out. I know for years we talked about, oh, Tom Brady could make my grandma an all-pro wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes could make a grandma an all-pro wide receiver. It is just, or at least still make the playoffs and the AFC championship with your grandma as a wide receiver. I mean, this guy, just unbelievable what he's been able to do with this receiver core this season. I mean, the fact they made the playoffs genuinely, genuinely the fact that the Chiefs even made the playoffs this year what, what is special. It's special. This offense was not good. Travis Kelsey lost a step. Isaiah Pacheco was a little injured for a good portion of the year. Uh, and, and they had Jerick McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then Marcus Valdez-Scanling, Justin Watson, Justin Ross, Richie James, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. 
and yet still they're in the AFC Championship. I mean, I know, I know Patrick Mahomes has to be feeling himself, and I've got, of course, play. <laughs> just so good at football, Patrick Mahomes. I, I just, I, I love it. I really do. I really love and respect this. We don't get treated to this kind of performances all the time. It's pretty rare to have this transcendent of an athlete. So appreciate Patrick Mahomes while we have him, ladies and gentlemen, because we're, I mean, what, six straight AFC championships for him or something like that, five straight, whatever it is. I mean, I mean, the dude is just, he's a machine. He's a literal machine. And I can't believe that they're here again. I really, I really can't. I, I really can't. Or maybe I, I should, but I just can't. And the last thing I want to talk about here is guys, Isaiah Pacheco in 2024 redraft drafts will not be drafted high enough. The guy is so good at football. One of the best pure runners in this game. He just is. Every single run is the angriest run you've ever seen. And he just has a nose for the end zone. He can make some plays after the catch. I mean, the guy is so good despite this Chiefs offense having a down year. And we all agree here that the Chiefs passing offense is going to get improved next year, whether it be the Chiefs bring in another receiver or Travis Kelsey takes a step forward or she Rice gets better, whatever. We can all agree that the Chiefs are going to be even better than they were this year, next year. And that just means Isaiah Pacheco is going to get better. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's drafted at about the same range he was this year, fifth, sixth, seventh round, right around there. And that is too low for this guy. He's an insanely good running back attached to one of the best offenses and quarterbacks in the league. Never give up on Isaiah Pacheco. Trade for him in Dynasty. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you guys. I will check real quick to see if you guys have any questions. Miles Sanders for the 2024-304. My big problem here, Cozy is that Miles Sanders is a running back I am not a fan of. I am not fond of Miles Sanders, and I have been fading him his entire career, even his amazing Eagles season two years ago. However, I think I might rather have Miles Sanders over a third-round pick. It depends, ultimately. I mean, the 304 is a good pick if you do want to pivot. But my only thing here is we are going to have a new coaching staff in Carolina, And Miles Sanders is still under that massive contract in Carolina. He will be there next year. And the Panthers will look better. I do think they'll bring in a good coach. And I do still believe that Bryce Young can turn things around. And so Miles Sanders might not be as bad of a fantasy asset as he is right now. He is a piss poor fantasy asset right now that no one wants. So if you want to pivot, I don't blame you at all. The 304 is not bad. You can probably get a Miles Sanders-esque talent with that third-round pick, a rookie running back or something. But I do think that Miles Sanders might be a bit too low right now in terms of his value because he does still have a chance and honestly a good opportunity to be something next season uh, with the Panthers turning things around and still being under that huge, huge, huge contract. Uh, let's see. Let's check over on Instagram as well. Uh, Yep, just lots of uh, Stefan Diggs sucking stuff and Patrick Mahomes crying to ref stuff. So no other questions. It looks like uh, I do want to point out Nicholas' comment. The Bills were a bit naive. They were not just a Dalton Kincaid away from a Super Bowl. In fact, that was probably – I'm going to say it now. That was a pretty bad draft pick. I know that he's a good athlete. I know he's played well, but that was kind of a bad draft pick. They they, should have gone wide receiver or traded it or something. 
But uh, Dalton Kincaid was not the right pick there, especially as we watched all these other tight ends get drafted a bit later uh, and, and still do really, really well. That was not a good pick. Yeah. Good athlete, worth like a second round pick, but they, they probably had a better option there in the first round. Because, uh, I mean, ultimately, he didn't even really show up here uh, towards the end of the season uh, too much. Leading receiver in this game at 45 yards, but again, just 45 yards. And Dawson Knox was catching touchdowns uh, this season, too. So it's just like, eh, I don't know. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. But either way, guys, that will do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is another fun episode of Wake and Take. And you guys were, yet again, a fantastic audience. I will see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. I assume I'm putting on my tinfoil hat and expectations hat. I assume we're going to be talking about coaches tomorrow. I have a feeling today or tomorrow morning there's going to be some big coaching news, so stay tuned for that, and I will see you all tomorrow. Before you head out, don't forget to like and subscribe. Have a magnificent Monday and a wonderful rest of your week. Peace.